today we want to pick up back in John chapter 6. So if you want to open your, your Bible there, we're going to pick up in John chapter 6, verse 16, I believe. Verse 16. How many of you remember the, um, you remember the movie uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Not the new one, not the new one with uh, Johnny Depp, the, the Willy Wonka. and the, the, the new one with Johnny Depp was weird. Uh, not that the one from, with, with Gene Wilder was any less weird. Well, it was a little less weird. But how many of you remember, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, Willy Wonka had the everlasting gobstopper. He, was gonna, he, he had the everlasting gobstopper. And uh, his competitor, Slugworth, right, Slug, as a Slugworth, wanted to, I'm looking at Joe, like he knows, like, <laughs> Slugworth wanted the kids that had won the golden ticket to go get a tour of the, uh, the chocolate factory to steal the everlasting gobstopper so that they could, uh, they could beat Willy Wonka. But Willy Wonka had made the everlasting gobstopper. It would change colors. It would change flavors. It would never lose its size or its shape, and it was made for children without, without much pocket money. That's the reason it did. And, but it was, a, it was a gobstopper that would never run out. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Something that will never run out. I, I, would, I think I'd like to have, like, never-ending supply of chocolate would be, would be nice. Not dark chocolate. We throw that stuff away. That's gross. But regular chocolate? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did I just offend you? I just offended you, didn't I? White chocolate? Forget that stuff, too. Just regular milk chocolate, right? Right? Or, I, you, know, this, you know why Easter is one of my favorite seasons? Um, well, Easter is one of my favorite seasons because of Cadbury eggs. Um, never ending. Yeah, there we go, Sean. Never ending supply, all right? Just, we think, oh, now, we, now I've got you off track because all now we're thinking about is, now all we're thinking about is candy. But today, in, in, this, in our text today, Jesus is talking about the never-ending supply that he is. The never-ending, never-changes, never-runs-out supply for life. And for many of us, we're looking for that same thing. We're trying to figure out how do we make it day by day. We're faced with challenges, we're faced with difficulties, and we're not sure how we're going to make it. And Jesus explains to those that are following him in this portion of Scripture, this is how you're going to make it. This is how you're going to make it. So if you want to open up your Bible to John chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 16. Now, this is immediately following Jesus feeding the 5,000. And so we have the context. That Remember last week we said that Jesus feeding the 5,000 is the only miracle that's in all four Gospels. The Jesus, Jesus walking on the water is on three uh, of the four. Luke doesn't cover it. So uh, as we look at it, normally I'll read the whole section of Scripture to you, but this is a very lengthy section of Scripture. So I don't, I don't want to read the whole thing to you. I'm going to read just portions of it. But picking up in verse 16, it says, When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake Capernaum. But now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the, sh- the shore where they were heading. Think about that right there. Think about that. In, uh, it, they had rowed 
three or four miles. It's not like Jesus just walked a few feet from the edge of the shore. Jesus walked three or four miles on the water. You know, most of us can make it look like we did it for a couple of feet, but three or four miles, what a significant miracle. And as, they, as he approached, he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. Now, these, these disciples, they've been with Jesus for a long time at this point. They'd already, not too long, they've been with Jesus for a while. They'd seen him done, do a number of miracles. They'd seen great things. But this phrase, it is I, don't be afraid, is so very important. It's important because it helps us see something so very important for us to remember as we move into the discussion about Jesus being the bread of life. Simply being in Jesus' presence is sufficient. Simply being in Jesus' presence is sufficient. Jesus says, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. They, it, it's, that's not the miracle that suddenly they were at the shore because Jesus arrived. They, were just, they had gone that far that Jesus was getting to them at the end. of. The, but Jesus had already demonstrated to them his love, his authority, his power. And here they are getting to the other side of the water. Jesus shows up. They're scared because of the storm. And he says, don't be afraid. It's me. And it calms them down. He didn't stop the storm. He didn't stop the waves. What did he do? He just showed up. Jesus' presence is sufficient. Jesus' presence is sufficient. It should be sufficient. The disciples show us a maturing faith and a growing faith that says, as we grow, we understand simply being with God is enough. In the midst of trials and difficulties, troubles and struggles, simply being with God is enough. How many of you have problems? Yeah. I got problems. We all got problems. Being in Jesus' presence, it doesn't necessarily make all the problems go away. But it's enough. It's enough. This is such a very important thing to remember as we look at the next portion of this chapter. The next portion of this chapter is so very interesting to me uh, because... It, it, it shows the immaturity of some of those that were following Jesus. In verse 22, it says, The next day the crowd that had stayed on the opposite side of the shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. In verse 25, it says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. When they addressed him as rabbi, here's what they were saying. We want to be your followers. And if you remember what it said in verse, uh, up in verse 14, they said after they saw the signs that Jesus performed, they were going to make him king. 
But Jesus said, you're not really following me because of the signs and wonders. You're not following me because of the miracles. You're following me because you were hungry and I made you not hungry. You're not really interested in the miraculous. You're not really interested in who I am as Savior. What you're really interested in is being full. And Jesus, Jesus literally said, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not your handout. We don't just come to Jesus with a handout. I, I was thinking about this as I was preparing the message. Uh, how many of you remember that movie, Aladdin? You got a friend in me, right? No, no that's the wrong one. You've never, got a, you've never had a friend like me. There you go. You've never had a friend like me. A lot of people approach Jesus like he's a genie in a bottle. Jesus, I need something. Jesus, I need something. Can you, can you take care of this problem? And that's the only time they ever come talk to Jesus is when they need something. That's not living in the presence of God, is it? No. It's the, you know, I put Jesus in, the, in a little box on my shelf, and when I need him, I open up the box and say, hey, Jesus, can you take care of this problem for me? And then I put him back in the box. And Jesus literally called out the people that were following him, and they said, hey, he said, hey, listen, I'm not your gravy train. I'm not just here to give you stuff. That's why they wanted to make him king. They wanted to make him king because they weren't hungry. It's like an election. The, the party that can make gas prices go the lowest is the one that does the best. Because they're the ones that give us more money in our pocket. You know, as gas prices are creeping up a little bit. But towards an election, what do they all do? They take a dive. Because oftentimes, the one that meets our physical need is the one that we support the most. And Jesus, that's why he withdrew, because he understood these people weren't really following him because they saw him as Savior. He, they were following him because they saw him as a breadbasket. They saw him as somebody that was going to make sure they weren't hungry. And Jesus was trying to sort out with them an actual disciple versus a potential disciple. Not everyone that says, Jesus, Jesus, Lord, Lord, not everyone who calls on Jesus is a genuine follower of Christ. Well, that's a hard word, isn't it? But we shared that, didn't it? The sheeps and the goats. The difference between them was what they did and didn't do. There are those that profess Jesus, but they really look at Jesus as a provider. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus does provide. But these that came to Jesus, that followed him because he had made them full, they weren't thinking of Jesus. They were simply thinking of themselves. They were simply thinking of themselves and what they needed. I think that's why a lot of folks get disenfranchised in church. They come, they pray, their prayer is not answered how they were expecting it to be answered. And so they said, I prayed, it didn't work. God's not really God. Jesus said, listen. You're not following me because I'm the Savior. You're following me because I made you full. Why do we follow Jesus? Do we follow Jesus 
because of what he has done? Or do we follow Jesus because of who he is? That's what Jesus was challenging the disciples. Now, don't get me wrong. Compassion, as we shared last week, meeting people's physical needs is very important. But if we just meet physical needs without meeting spiritual needs, then all we're doing is providing a handout. Compassion is important. But if we don't share Jesus at the same time, then we miss the heart of the gospel. We miss the purpose of what the gospel was written for, which was to show them Jesus. We shared about the feeding of the 5,000 last week. Jesus met physical needs and spiritual needs. Compassion is very important. We should care for the hurting. We should care for the poor. We should care for the widows and orphans. But if we never show them Jesus, then we've just become a social agency. We've just become social services. There is a difference between the charity, which is the, the biblical term of grace and mercy, that we offer as a church and that which the government offers. The government can meet people's physical needs. The church is the only one that has the opportunity to meet their spiritual needs. So that's why Jesus called them out. He said, I'm not just here to feed you. I'm not just here to feed you. He was trying to measure and help them to see what they needed to do to be a true disciple. We don't just come to Jesus with our hand out. We come to Jesus because of who he is. In verse 32, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Always give us this this bread. You know, when people come looking for a handout, it's amazing uh, how things can shift. When I, when I was working in, I was in Brainerd, Minnesota. Brainerd, Minnesota is um, not renowned. It doesn't have a large homeless population because it's in the middle of Minnesota. And um, being homeless in, in Brainerd, Minnesota is very challenging because it can get to 60 below zero. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's cold. But one day we had an individual come by the church while I was working there, and uh, he was asking for money. I said, "Well, I'm sorry. Uh, we as a church, we don't we don't just we we don't give money to individuals that don't attend regularly that we don't know. Uh, we we it's just a policy for our benevolence. We don't do that." He said, "Well, could you could you do this?" I said, "Well, I'm sorry. We as a church, we, it, was, it was not a large church. We we can't do that." We and then my pastor walked in. My pastor walked in carrying a case of soda. And the guy just started shifting. He goes, you know, if I could just get something to drink, if I could just get a, you know, maybe if I could just get, you know, know, a couple of of sodas. Now, I don't know if you call it Coke or soda or cola. I don't know what you call it or pop. Who calls it pop? We call it pop. Yeah, I've lived all over the country. I don't know what to call it anymore. So I just stick with soda. All of a sudden, this guy's need shifted from money to soda because there was soda right there. So my pastor looked and said, well, here you go. God bless you. He was just looking for a handout. 
But Jesus said there's a bread that never runs out, and it's from heaven, and it comes from my Father. In verse 35, Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. This is the first of seven I am statements that Jesus makes. And we'll cover the rest of these as we get to them. But Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, the true vine. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am what you need. The bread that never runs out, the the hunger that you have that will never go away, will only be satisfied by me. Jesus literally said that the only satisfaction you will find in life is from me. The only satisfaction you will find in life is from me. And he continues on to tell them that they, have, they must eat of his flesh. And this confuses them greatly because when somebody talks about bread, you're thinking, make me a sandwich. Right? You're thinking, I'm hungry. But Jesus does everything he can to explain to them, the bread that you think that you need will run out. That's why we can't just come to Jesus looking for a handout. Because what we think we need is not what we really need. The disciples, when they were on the water and they were fearful because of the wind, Jesus' presence was sufficient to calm their fears. Think of the the 5,000 or you include the, the women and children is probably ten to 15,000 people. When you look at the, the end of how they made it across the lake, there were, they, they, didn't, they don't really cover very much of how that crowd got to the other side of the lake, but obviously that crowd had whittled down to enough people that they were able to go through in just a few boats because there wasn't a whole lot of boats available. But they came seeking Jesus, and Jesus saw them immediately. You're just coming because you want another sandwich. You want some more fish. You want some more bread. It's just like what Jesus told of the Samaritan woman. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Remember, he spoke of the water, the living water. Who was he speaking of? Himself. Himself. If we're constantly looking at Jesus to meet our needs to fix our problems, to satisfy our wants, we will be disappointed. Because oftentimes our wants are not what God wants for us. Could Jesus have done another miracle of multiplying something else into loaves and fishes? Absolutely. Rather, Jesus said, what you really need is you need me. Because Jesus is the only true satisfaction we will find in this life. Does Jesus care about our needs? Well, we saw from earlier in the chapter that he does. Jesus cares about our needs. But if that's the only reason we follow Jesus, then we are not a true disciple. If the only reason we follow Jesus is for a handout, we've missed the heart of Jesus. We have to follow Jesus Not because of what he might give us, but because of who he might be to us. Anybody can can give somebody a cup of cold water. Anybody can feed somebody bread. 
And those are worthy ministries. Those are wonderful things to participate in. That is in the gospel, to care for those in need. But if we don't show them Jesus at the same time, we're missing what Jesus has called us all to. And if the only reason we come to Jesus is when we have a problem, then we're not like those disciples that were on the boat, that his presence was sufficient for them. Jesus is more than a piggy bank. The question is, do we serve God in times of abundance and in times of poverty? Do we serve God? Do we follow Jesus in hard times, just as we do in easy times? That's what he's calling us to as true disciples. As you move through the chapter, Jesus tells those that are following him, they're Jewish, and so he reminds them of the time when the Israelites were wandering in the desert. He says, this bread that came down from heaven, your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. That's why verse 26 Not verse 26. I lost it. That's why a verse in here, I don't have it highlighted. It says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. Thank you. 29. The work of God is this, to believe in Jesus as the Savior of the world. We can oftentimes look at what we do have and don't have, and compare ourselves. We can look at what we need and want versus what we have. But Jesus said so very clearly, your ancestors, they had bread. Their stomachs were full every day. Manna fell from heaven every day, and they died. The bread that I'm offering, which is myself, he says, is the only way to eternity. Your ancestors ate it, but I'm not that same bread. I'm different than what your ancestors told you about. He says, I am God. We can compare. We have needs, we have wants. But the reality is, Until we become satisfied with just being in God's presence, we will find ourselves disappointed over and over again. I was reminded of a great quote from C.S. Lewis. It says, He who has God and everything else has no more than he who has God only. 
Jesus is our source of life. That's Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. The only opportunity we have for eternity is through Jesus. That's why Christians can still struggle. Because there's no guarantee in the gospel that once we accept Jesus, all of our problems are going to go away. But there is a promise that Jesus says, I am sufficient for you. I'm all you need. Everything I am is all that you need. Those that have followed him were there because they were looking for another meal. Oftentimes we come to Jesus looking for another meal. Should we bring our problems, our challenges, our issues to Jesus? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we should serve him whether the prayer is answered the way we want to or whether it's not. We, t- we follow him in times of feast and in times of famine because he is the bread of life. He is all we need. I, I know I've said this, but it's such a powerful example. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing in front of the king in front of the fiery furnace They said, our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're going to continue to serve him. We're going to continue to serve him. It's the opportunity that we all have to continue to serve him in the midst of difficulty and trouble. Because just like the disciples on the boat, let me tell you, Jesus' presence is sufficient to bring you peace, comfort, to calm your fears. In today's society of self-help, in the culture that we live in, it's figure out your own problems, set a good goal, and get it done. Jesus is here to say, I am the bread of life. I'm all you need. I'm all you need.